Two Nashville SC players feature in the U.S. Men's National Team scoreless draw with England that elevates the U.S. to two points and makes Iran a must-win. Welcome into Club and Country, the podcast of record for Nashville SC coverage, and in this case, U.S. Men's National Team coverage from the two people who've been covering Nashville SC longer than anyone. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't give the normal speech. We're not going <laughs> to overpromise there. But we uh, Tim has been copiously covering the U.S. Men's National Team for... Uh, what should have been two World Cup cycles, uh, but mm-hmm. is the first World Cup. Uh, Tim, how are you today? I'm, I'm Wes Bowling, by the way. I think you guys probably already know that. And who are you? I am Tim Sullivan, the proprietor of ClubCountryUSA.com. So it's tempting to use the old headline. I think I even saw it on Twitter. You know, that goes back to like the college football, like Yale beats Notre Dame, nil-nil, nothing-nothing. Yeah. U.S. beats England, you know, 0-0. And yet, Tim, I think this is one that, yeah, great result tremendous performance against some global superstars and yet the u.s can also feel a bit disappointed it didn't get three yeah there were a couple of opportunities to to get that winner weston mckinney had one pretty early and just hit it over the bar those are situations that are going to happen I, i've seen an odd amount of criticism for that chance specifically because it was a really difficult chance but play. yeah the u.s was the aggressor the entire match and you know it when that is the case, it stinks that you don't find a winner, but it doesn't kind of take away from the effort, even if it wasn't quite as helpful in the Group B table as it could have been. Uh, we mentioned two Nashville SC players featured. Of course, Walker Zimmerman earned the start again, uh, the stalwart center back for this team. And and I thought, again, Tim, as we get into his performance, he, he led the U.S. in touches for a second straight match. He looked, again, fairly stable, a couple of nervy plays, but by and large looked like he belonged against the likes of Harry Kane. Yeah, and this is a guy who um, obviously was almost out of the U.S. men's national team picture and then all of a sudden has been one of the stalwarts for this team. And some of that is obviously because he has been one of the guys who's consistently healthy um, when he's with on international duty. Unfortunately, some of that international duty meant that he was sub-healthy when he returned to Nashville SC. But um, he's a guy who goes out there and gets the job done. I have seen some criticism of his passing performance on the day, mm-hmm. which I think is a little bit overstated. He was not perfect, but nobody is. He completed, I think it was 87.5% of his passes. And they're out there trying to break lines and, and create transition opportunities against England. If it's a pass from the center back is intercepted beyond midfield, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you are not putting your defense in a, in a bad position. You are not putting yourself in a bad position to have to recover. So I think some of the the Walker criticism in that regard is a little bit overblown, but defensively um, an early blocked shot that was probably England's best chance. And mm-hmm. he took care of it by himself. And from that perspective there, you could not ask for more from what he provided as a defender. For the most part, we didn't say his name outside of Nashville, where of course we're watching every touch. I think the best thing you can say about a center back, unless they're scoring is, you know, Hey, we didn't say his name. There was a, a nervy <laughs> back pass at one point that I think people pointed out. Again, small sample size there. I would agree. He looked he looked quite stable. And we almost said his name a lot as he had maybe maybe the best scoring chance, even though it won't factor into the XG, thanks to a, a recovery. Was it McGuire, I believe, that recovered mm-hmm. on the corner kick? Walker made a beautiful back post run we've seen many times in Nashville and was one header away from an academic strike into the back of the net and a historic one for the U.S. Yeah, I don't know if I've done it in this space, but I push back a lot on the U.S.'s inability to convert on set pieces because it's such small sample sizes. Um, people think that Christian Pulisic service looks ugly, which is, which sometimes uh, dings bonus points that, that kind of are unrelated to how effective the service actually is. Getting the spot at the right time is what he's supposed to do. And, and more often than not, he does that. It was just so close on that one that you mentioned that 
you know, if, if it's not headed away, Walker is there to slam it home. And that would have been quite the moment for the U.S., obviously, and quite the moment for Nashville as well. And, and it was really fun for me. At one point, John Strong noted as uh, it was Grealish, I believe, that that lost out a challenge uh, from Zimmerman. And he said, oh, there's Man City versus Nashville SC in a duel. And of course, John Strong means that in the most glowing way. He's loving MLS on the world stage. He's We've talked to him on the show. He's the biggest MLS junkie there is. But it was also gratifying, I think, for folks here in Nashville to see somebody like Walker going up against the world's best. It's a it's a micro dose, if you will, of of what it would be like if Nashville SC were in the con- the uh, the Club World Cup after winning CCL, and, uh, and just a whole lot of pleasure seeing that. And uh, I mean, what does it mean to you to as somebody who like me has covered this club since mm-hmm. ballpark days, baseball ballpark days, and USL? To have somebody like Walker going against a Spur and Harry Kane, extra gratifying for me there. As an Arsenal guy and and holding his own, I mean, it's it's more than just good for the player. It's great for the club and it's great for the league too, isn't it? Hey man, he's going against an iron and and Declan Rice as well, which sure. uh, for the U.S. is good when Declan Rice tries to get forward because that dude is a center back who refuses to play <laughs> his natural position. But yeah, it's 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 a huge deal. Obviously, when Nashville SC went from USL to Major League Soccer, we knew that there were going to be guys who were international caliber players playing for Nashville SC. I don't think we ever expected until uh, the day before Valentine's Day back in 2020 that one of the stalwarts of of the U.S. men's national team would be a Nashville player. Seeing Walker Zimmerman do the things that he has done and some of it with more development at Nashville than I think people realize. He has really improved his game, particularly from a leadership perspective as well. But this is a this is a guy who who represents everything that you want if you are a Nashville SC fan and if you're a US men's national team fan and that you know the good and bad too because he, he is an imperfect technician on the soccer field but makes up for it with grit, determination, leadership, hard work. And that's you couldn't come up with a better encapsulation of, of what it is to represent Nashville SC on the biggest stage that there possibly is in not just this sport, but in sports. Completely agree. And I'll ask you to, to drill down on something you just said, that he's improved his game in Nashville perhaps more than people know. In your opinion, what aspects of his game has he been able to improve the most? Yeah, I think a big part of it is is commanding his back line. That's obviously something that uh, he's a naturally vocal guy. So it's not something that he was lacking in his game before, but the the ability to, to command not just the guys next to him, but the midfield line in front of him and his ability to hit longer passes past that midfield line too, as um, I have already mentioned, is something that he got a little too much criticism for not doing well enough on Friday afternoon. But it's something that he has really improved as well. And then I think the way that he plays for Nashville SC, because Nashville is not, playing an LAFC style or if you want to take it to an extreme Man City style they are not sitting there trying to possess the ball as much as possible so it's a different ask of him but he's gotten a lot better dribbling he's gotten a little bit better in terms of the decision making of when to dribble forward because we all know that he uh his first year especially was caught out at the back a little bit because Mm -hmm. he was so uh willing to to push forward on the ball so those things have have taken a step forward and I think more than anything that has been drilled into him by his, by this coaching staff in Nashville. It's, it's more about the role that he plays for the team and being able to embrace what he can and can't do and, and what he can kind of sand the the rough edges off of and what he can kind of polish up things that he's already good at. We'll chat for just a second about Shaq Moore in just a second. But first, of course, the show is sponsored by ML Rose and Tim, I was talking with my brother the other day as, as I was recounting 2014 because, uh, you know, it was the last when World he Cup was, When he was, what, 11? He was something like that. I think he was like three. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, he remembered it, but but I was I was talking through each of the places that I watched matches, and I remember each one of those. And you know, when you have memorable games, not only are the goals memorable, but the people you watch these games with are, and the places are, and you have to choose wisely. We don't get many of these. Hopefully, we get a few more here uh, than, than expected uh, in the World Cup. But ML Rose is a great place to judiciously use at least one, if not more of those slots, great community, great atmosphere. You'll, you're still going to be able to get a drink and get food and not have to crawl through people to get to the bar. It's that perfect blend. Yeah. It's a situation that comes up every world cup. I'm just waiting for that moment when we have the opportunity to, you know, you know, do the live videos. You, you see, you know, that, that, the huge goal against Ghana back in, in 2014. And, and you saw the videos that were compilations of people in bars across America. And I am, Looking forward to seeing that happen at yes. ML Rose and seeing ML Rose be part of that because they've been part of soccer in this community and they've they've embraced especially the U.S. men's national team at this World Cup as well. And it's something that fans of of soccer obviously love to see places in Nashville uh, kind of embracing the beautiful game. And nobody has done that and, and nobody has embraced this podcast more than ML Rose. And friends, if you would like to embrace in a very cold, delightful embrace, a, a lager that tastes delicious, Oscar I Blues you were lager. going to offer people to embrace you. <laughs> if we score, all bets are off. Come on. Even, even a big save or a Walker clearance. I'll, I'll give a hug. Not Stooks is not the only one who'd be hugging. Um, <laughs> Oscar Blues lager is $3 from 12 to 3 during each World Cup match, which, of course, the matches are all at 1 o'clock. Uh, so get there early. Put on the pregame coverage. Start your, start your beer game a little early. And uh, speaking of uh, of game, Shaq Moore has upped his for Nashville SC. He earned a spot on the World Cup team. And we wondered if he might just be man number 25 or 26. <laughs> no, he got in. He played the second half against England. I don't think he would tell you it was his best performance no, ever at absolutely. left back. Not the sharpest. But the fact that he got on and the fact that he didn't contribute ultimately to, to disaster in the back, it's a start for him. And I hope he's able to earn a chance um, in, in the Iran match and moving forward. What do you think of his performance? Yeah, I, th- I think saying he would he would admit it was not his best performance is, is fair to perhaps even a little bit kind to Shaq. It was not. It was definitely not his best performance, and it's not one that he's going to write home about, except in as much as uh, it's the World Cup. You are definitely going to write home about it when you see the field, when you play against England, which boasts some of the best attackers in the world. Uh, The scoreboard said zero at the end of the match, so you can only get so mad at a fullback. He did miss some opportunities in the attack, which is odd because his ability in the attack is is probably what got him on the field before Joe Scally got on the field. But unfortunately, um, you know, it wasn't his sharpest day in that regard. And, um, he, you know, he did the main job, but he didn't do the secondary job. And that's something that uh, nobody nobody did the scoring job. So you can't criticize a fullback, a substitute fullback more than you're criticizing, say, a starting striker or winger. But it is something where you look at it and say, man, if he could have just done a little bit more, maybe it could have been the difference. Yeah, I think there are two results that would have been worse. You mentioned one of them, which is giving up a goal disaster, of course. The other would be going out and, and looking tentative and looking scared on that mm-hmm. stage. He wasn't crisp. But he didn't look like he had the deer in the headlights. What am I doing out here? He he made yeah. he took some chances. He got after it. I think that's going to bode well. You can clean up the mistakes, which you can't fix as easily. Is a is a timid mentality, and you can't accuse Shaq of that. No, and he's a guy that that has played in in big leagues. He has played in La Liga. He's not he's not somebody who is going to shy away from a big stage. Obviously, the World Cup is again 
the biggest possible stage in this sport, biggest possible stage in any sport. So there's a step up for guys who are playing for Man City and making their first World Cup as well. It's not like this is a guy that that is, uh, you know, doing something that he does every single week, but he is doing something that, you know, Joe Scali is Joe Scali is playing in the Bundesliga for his uh, 1.5th season. Um, Shaq has more top flight experience than that. And I think people forget that because he's back in major league soccer. It didn't work out 100% how he was expecting in Spain, but this is a guy who has that top league pedigree. One more topic to discuss before I watch France, Denmark, and you watch producer Lily tear it up on the pitch. Uh, she is the <laughs> Olivier Giroud of, of her team. I'm hearing um, that's a compliment by the way, in case you're wondering, uh, She's Alistair. She is beautiful, like Olivier Giroud. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Stands out above 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 her peers. I'm sure, literally and metaphorically. Um, Alistair Johnston. Uh, there are reports mm-hmm. out there. Tom Bogart has echoed those reports that uh, that he may be going to Celtic. That their discussions are advanced. Uh, Nashville does have a sell on fee there. What can you tell us about what you know about this process for Alistair and how Nashville could potentially benefit from this? And in particular, I want to know. Exactly. And I want our audience to understand what, where that money could go. Is it going to go to the pockets of John yeah. Ingram or is it going to be reinvested as as GAM into into another player? Yeah. So um, Nashville SC uh, traded Alistair to Montreal and got a 10 percent sell on fee, which is the the cash sell on fee. I don't think it applied if if Montreal had retraded him, which obviously there was no expectation they were going to do anyway. But so whatever the whatever the transfer fee ends up being for Alistair Johnston, Nashville SC gets to take 10% of that essentially. So Montreal gets 90% of the money and Nashville gets 10%. Um, I, it's unclear. The rules are a little vague. I'm pretty sure Nashville can convert uh, up to a hundred grand of that because it's a 10% and you can usually do a million when you sell a player can uh, convert 10% of, of whatever the transfer fee is maximum. You know, I, they're going to sell him for more than a million dollars. So they can, so they can convert a hundred grand of it into general allocation money, which obviously can then help, you know, buy down salaries for players that already exist on the roster um, can fund trades for guys that national C wants to pick up on the domestic market. So some of it um, does just kind of go into the club's operating budget, which when you look at, um, you know, opening a training center this year, when you look at things like um, game day operations, but also when you look at, you know, funding a, a, a treasure chest for a war chest, as, as Mike Jacobs would say, for future international transfers as well, that will stay with the club. It's not, it's, it is, it is going into uh, uh, a kind of murky accounting world, but it's not, <laughs> it's not going into to John Ingram's pockets. It's staying with the operational budget of the club. And uh, in, in a way, Nashville here gets to have its cake and eat it too. You know, they, they get a million dollars or so in game for the trade initially, and they knew that this was going to be the likelihood, Alistair, with the with a UK, or, and therefore, mm-hmm. I, I was about to say EU, not anymore, I guess, the UK passport. I, th- I, I believe I believe one of his grandparents is also Irish. Ah, uh, yes. So also EU. He's yeah. set. So that makes it yeah. easier, of course, to, to go abroad. He'd always stated, even on our show, that that's an aspiration of his. It's great to see that for him. And by the way, he looked really good for Canada mm-hmm. uh, and, and Canada itself looked really good against Belgium. And they'll be expecting to get a point or a win against a really tough Croatian team. Thanks in part to not only the efforts of Alistair, but the spirit he puts forth. I, I, I joked with my wife, who's Canadian, that these guys are are too dumb to know they don't belong. And I mean that in the <laughs> nicest possible way. Of course, they know they belong. They believe they belong. And Alistair kind of that's the way he always kind of was at, at Nashville SC2. For me, it's really gratifying to see him do that now in front of the world. 
Yeah, and it's, it's a situation where obviously Nashville SC fans were very sad to see him go and remain sad to see him go, especially because it took half of last season for Shaq Moore to arrive as well. But when you look at a guy that fans liked more because of his personality than than his play on the field, which was also very good, don't get me wrong. But seeing a guy like that have the opportunity of a lifetime is something that fans are going to be really excited about. I think people were excited to see him take a couple dangerous shots in, in Canada's opener as well. He's a guy who is going to be a major factor for a Canadian team that um, it's much easier to root for Canada to represent CONCACAF in the knockout rounds than it is to root for Mexico to represent oh, no CONCACAF question. in the knockout rounds. So no question. Um, good for Alistair and good for good for the Confederation and, and good for, um, you know, good for Canada as well. And he's able to focus completely on soccer because the weather has been pretty consistent in guitar. So not a lot of meteorology, <laughs> no rain. Uh, one of the benefits of playing in the desert, I guess. Uh, any final thoughts th- before we head out today? No, just looking forward to uh, uh, needing three points against Iran, looking forward to getting all three points against Iran on Tuesday. Uh, a draw will not be enough at this stage because uh, the U.S., I almost said Nashville, because the U.S. Uh, was unable to win either of the first two games the way that the table is playing out. They have to get a win against Iran, a draw, sees Iran past the United States. So, um, you know, go USA. Let's do it. This has been your U.S.-England recap. We'll be back after Iran as well. I'll be watching it from Burlington, Vermont at a to-be-named soccer bar. Uh, Tim, have a great rest of your day. And by the way, folks, again, ML Rose, 12 to 3, every match day for the U.S. $3 Oscar Blues, watch parties, audio, all of it, community, every TV is going to be on. And uh, we'll talk to you after Iran and hope to see you out at ML Rose in the night.